Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. And so we're looking at, at soul issues, the cares of our deepest, innermost issues, the cares of our, of our heart, the cares of our soul, our soul's deepest needs. And so last week, we looked at loneliness. I believe that there are a lot of lonely souls out there. And so, you know, I'd be really weird to kind of self-promote a sermon, so I'm not going to do that. But listen to what others have said. Others have said that loneliness sermon was, was really, you know, powerful to me and spoke to me. So I'm not promoting it, but maybe others are. So maybe you go to the website and you check that out, that the first sermon in our Soul Issues sermon series, Loneliness, last week. This week, anger. Anger. Jonah 4.4 says this, And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Another sermon series I'd like to do that many are doing these days are questions from God or questions from Jesus. And here the Lord asks Jonah a question. And it's a question that's a soul evaluation question. It's a question for us. Do you do well to be angry? We're going to get to Jonah 4 in a bit. People are angry. I believe it. We live in an angry society. For those of you who are older and maybe you don't know this, we've created new businesses, new events called Rage Rooms. You can go to a Rage Room in our area and you can just get angry and smash things. You pay money to go in a room and you get to take out your anger and smash different things. We are angry. Maybe you've seen this, right? Uh, I can give you many examples. You can probably give me many examples. We live in an angry society, I believe that even Christians are angry. And we don't know how to acknowledge that. Or we won't acknowledge that. We don't know how to express our anger. We're maybe afraid to say it or afraid to admit it because maybe in the back of our mind we think that this is some type of unforgivable sin to be angry, even to be angry at God. Can I ask you, how is it with your soul? Do you battle anger? Do you battle resentment? Are you battling bitterness? With whom are you bitter? With whom are you angry? If you really prayed that prayer, Lord, search me, O God, know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. If you really peel back the layers and you got into your soul, would you say, yes, my soul is angry? I do wrestle with bitterness and resentment. With whom are you bitter? With whom are you angry? Or maybe you ask this question, what is it that sparked your anger? Maybe we begin this way, what is anger? What is anger? The biblical Greek word for anger means this, a strong displeasure with a focus on emotion. I'm greatly displeased, right? And I'm emotional about that. Many souls are displeased, I believe it. They're angry. They're, they're mad, maybe even mad at God. Angry at God. Pastor John Piper says this, God does something. We assess it. We disprove of it. We oppose it emotionally. We resist. 
Anger is the counterpart in the heart to the indictment of God in the head. Our minds judge God to be in the wrong, and our emotions say this with angry, anger. Some are angry at others, and I believe some are angry at God. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association says this, Anger is a valid reaction to hardship, but when left unchecked, it can lead to hostility or bitterness and eat at you from the inside out. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and do not sin. Because when we give anger a foothold, it can lead to all kinds of negative thoughts and actions. Now, I know a lot of us in the church, we want to claim that we have a righteous anger, right? Oh, my, my anger is a righteous anger. I am angry and, and sinning not, but oftentimes we use that as a cover-up. Is it really a righteous thing? Or we're just defending ourselves, right? A righteous anger. James 1.20, James 1.20 says, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Angry souls. Maybe we ask this question. Why are we angry? To really evaluate and say, Lord, why am I angry at you if I am so brave or bold enough to admit it? Why am I angry? Anger can be related to, to three things. I believe you'll see these on the screen. Number one, anger can be related to unmet expectations or desires. I expected things to go a certain way. Jonah did. I expected, or I desired things to go a certain way. Jonah did. You'll see this in the text. Right? I expect this, and it doesn't happen, and I'm angry about it. God, I expect, I desired this, and this didn't come to pass. It was an unmet expectation or desire. It didn't turn out that way. It didn't go that way, and now I'm angry about it. That's why we're angry, perhaps. Number two, because of hurts. I've been hurt by someone. I've been hurt. I have been wronged. I've been wounded in my soul, right? Disappointed, perhaps. Lord, I'm disappointed. Here it, it hurts, and so we're angry. I believe the third one is, is this. It's related to justice issues. Anger is related to justice issues. Lord, I have a desire for justice in this life. And that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem just. Lord, I care about justice and this seems to be an injustice and so I'm angry. Sometimes, uh, even because of a lack of control over people, I'm angry because I can't control them, right? And so I get angry. Why can't I control my spouse or my children, right? I can't control that thing at work. or the, I can't control this situation. It's out of my control. Control freaks, right? Maybe we have a tendency to, to become angry, right? Anger can even be caused by a root of bitterness. Did you know that, that bitterness and resentment, they're, they're cousins to anger? They are related what is, what is bitterness? I believe there are a lot of bitter souls. When we really searched it, if we're really honest and, and on this soul issues journey, I want you to get there with me, right? Let's go there. Let's not be afraid to say, Lord, I'm lonely in my soul, right? Or I'm angry in my soul. But some are, are bitter. Bitterness is anger multiplied over time. It's crockpot anger. That's what bitterness is. Just put it in the crockpot and let it stew, right? Angry people are bitter people. They're fault finders. It's fault. They're, they're cynics. Uh, Pastor Louis Giglio in Atlanta says this, angry people find a way to knock down the people around them. But what does Ephesians 31 say? Look at it on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. 
it says this, let all bitterness, it's not there, no, there it is. Let all bitterness, right, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. What is this anger that we feel in our souls? Why are we angry? What are some of those issues? And maybe we could ask this question, with whom are you angry? Look at the screen. With whom are you angry? Would you really say, Lord, am I angry at you? Are you angry at God? Are you angry at the church, your your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? I think there are a lot of pastors that are angry at the church and they just don't know how to address it or say it. They don't want to say it. Like we think it's like some like maybe I'm angry at my brothers and sisters in Christ. They haven't met my expectations, or I feel there's they've hurt me, or there's some kind of justice issue that's there. Maybe we're angry at God. Maybe we're angry at the church. Maybe we're angry at others in our society. You might even be angry at yourself. You didn't live up to what you thought you would. Maybe you're angry at sin and the evil one. Now, right now, those are five separate sermons right there. I can't preach all those today. Right? Right? Is your anger justified? Is your anger justified at God? Never. Is God wrong? No, He's not. <laughs> right? It's never. Is the church wrong? Sometimes. You may have a justified anger against me or a brother or sister in Christ. Are others wrong? Yes, sometimes. Right? Are you wrong at times? Is the evil one wrong? Always. Right? That's justifiable anger. You can always be angry at, at sin and the evil one. If we're angry at others, we know what we're supposed to do, don't we? Forgive. Forgive. We preached on that. Ephesians 4.32, the very next verse says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. But today, what about your anger at God? What are we to do with displeasure with what God has allowed. I was forced to deal with that. My sabbatical, to let God deal with my soul and for the Lord to, to really lead and, and, and really cause me to evaluate and say, Lord, am I displeased with what you've allowed or displeased with what's going on in my, in my life? Lord, am I, am I angry at you? Answer honestly. Do you ever feel that God's made mistakes? One Christian counselor says this, People sometimes become angry at God when there is a discrepancy between their expectations and their experiences. Modern examples. Some I thought of. People or a person angry over unanswered prayer. I've prayed and it didn't happen again. Right? Angry over the death of a loved one. At God. Angry over being abused. God, you allow. Angry at being wronged. Angry over their marriage or over their children. Or this didn't meet my... Or angry over a church situation. Anger at God over a disease or a diagnosis. Angry over what God requires or angry over what God allows. We're getting to Jonah 4. But I want us to go back. Look at three cries that I think an angry person might make. Maybe this first prayer. God, you didn't. God, you didn't. Fill in the blank. And this is the unmet expectations, right? Could you really evaluate the soul? I think there are people in our society that they feel that way. That is their prayer. God, you didn't do this, and I'm angry about it. So I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to talk about the things. I'm not going to turn to your word. Maybe they don't verbalize it that way, right? But that's what's going on. God, you didn't. Or maybe it's this. God, I don't like this. Or I didn't like this. God, this hurt. 
And I'm angry over this. Or God, that's not fair. God, that's not fair. God, this is not fair. Why suffering and evil, right? There, there are a lot of atheists that are angry at God, right? They, right? They, I don't believe in God because that's not fair. Why does a good God allow evil, right? Anger over this. God, you did, I believe it should go this way, that way. God, you didn't. You ever find yourself really, God, you didn't do this. God, I don't like this. God, that's not fair. Speaking on anger and justice, those justice issues, John Piper says, God always acts justly. He always acts wisely. He always acts with love toward His people. He never wrongs anyone. He's never blameworthy. He's always pure and holy and righteous and good. He is infinitely worthy of our trust and our love and our admiration and our delight. And when we don't understand His ways, we put our hands on our mouth and kiss the rod and say with Paul, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Romans eleven thirty three. Ultimately, we know we're to submit to God's lordship. But God, you're God and, and you're Lord and you're sovereign and I'm not. And we submit. Acknowledging anger and, and, and addressing anger of the soul is, is actually an opportunity for God's grace. Uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel says this, your disappointment with God might actually be a divine appointment from God. Your disappointment with God is actually this divine appointment from God. And this is the case many times in the Bible. Don't you know we could give many biblical examples, even other than Jonah? Moses, David, Elijah, Jeremiah, they all were angry with the Lord at times. You can find more in your study. So it brings us to our key text, Jonah 4. Mark that down, brother. That's the longest sermon introduction I've probably ever done before we got into a text. But I want to set it up because I want you to see it and I want you to know what we're dealing with this morning and then to evaluate and to say, yes, yes, Lord, I, I can confess this as, as sin. Our key text, Jonah chapter 4, I want us to look at angry Jonah and God's object lesson. Angry Jonah, he says in 4.4, The Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? One writer calls this the most important question in the book of Jonah. Do you do well to be angry? Do you have any right to be angry? The first time, Jonah walks away from the question. The second time, Jonah has to answer. We're going to see the text in two parts. Number one, angry Jonah, or sour Jonah, or bitter Jonah, and then we'll see God's object lesson. He probably was a good children's teacher, right? He teaches with an object here. All right, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. He goes to Tarshish, uh, or excuse me, he goes to Nineveh. Now, he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He wants to go to those other cities. But he, he goes to Nineveh and he preaches, you know, repent, and uh, they do. And he is angry about it. Um, God does not destroy Nineveh. That's what Jonah wanted. So it picks up Jonah 4. But this displeased Jonah exceedingly, greatly. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and he said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. I didn't want to go to Nineveh. Why? Because I'd like to kill them because they're pretty brutal people. I didn't want to go there. That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God 
Merciful God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, take my life from me. Please take my life from me. For it's better for me to die than to live. Pretty sour, pretty bitter. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Where had Jonah been? He'd been in Nineveh. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, So Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, and he began to preach. We see what happened there in Nineveh. Jonah 3.10 When God saw what they did, how the Ninevites repented, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that He had said He would do to them, and He did not do it. The city had believed God. They'd actually fasted. They'd repented. And God forgave the people. He had spared the city. Well, how did Jonah respond to that? How did the city respond to God's forgiveness? To the city's repentance, chapter 4, verse 1, it displeased him. It was not his desire. He wanted justice. Right? It wasn't what he had expected. He, he, he wanted other things to take place. And so he's expressing displeasure. He is angry. He is sour over it all. It's probably why he fled in the first place, right? You know the story of getting swallowed by a fish. He, he didn't want to go. He actually tells us this, right? He says in verse 2, Pray to the Lord, Lord, this is, not what I, is this not what I said when I was in the country? That's why I made uh, haste to flee to Tarshish. And then did you notice, he, he said there were five attributes that God had. Can you see them there? He says, I, I knew you would do that. I didn't want to do this. That wasn't my expectation. I, I'm totally wanting something else, and now I'm angry about it because I knew that you are number one, gracious God. Number two, merciful. Number three, you are slow to anger. <laughs> Jonah is not. Right? God is slow to anger. We're not. All right? Number four, you are abounding in steadfast love. And then number five, you, you relent from disaster. He gives us those five attributes. They're great. We too, we may be angrier with some people than God is. Right? I might be angrier at that person than, than Almighty God is. So what does Jonah want? Ah, kill me again. He's already tried this in the book, right? When he said, throw me overboard. He wants out. Angry Jonah. Well, notice secondly God's object lesson. God teaches him. Look at verse 5 through the end. Jonah went out of the city and he sat to the east of the city and he made a booth, a sukkah, a tabernacle, right? That wooden structure for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. God, maybe if I'm angry at you, maybe I'd change your mind or something. You know, if I shall tell you how angry I am. Let me see what's going to happen to this city. Verse 6, now the Lord God appointed. That's a key word. You're going to keep seeing it. The Lord God appointed a plant and he made it come up over Jonah so that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomforts. Gracious. But God's teaching. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die. It was probably about the third time. And he said, it's better for me to die than to live. He is an angry, bitter soul. But God said to Jonah, the second time he says this question, 
Do you do well to be angry for the plant? Do you do well? Is it right for you to be angry? Is it justified for you to be angry about a plant? He said, yes, I do well. He asked the first time he just gets out of it. Do you do well to be angry? I mean, I'm just getting out of town. Go build my little thing and this, right? Don't even, don't even. But this time he has to answer. He's, he's forced. Yes, I'm angry. Angry enough to die. And the Lord said, here's the object lesson. You pity the plant, which you didn't labor, nor did you make grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. It's just a plant. Verse 11, And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, they did repent, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Question, end, resolved? No. I love how Jonah ends, right? It's kind of unresolved right there. The book that ends with a question, right? God's object lesson. Well, what did He cause to, to grow? Or what did He appoint? A vine, a plant, probably a castor bean plant. What did it do for Jonah? Well, it gave him shade and comfort and happiness and pleasure. Things were all right. Well, what happens to the plant, right? God appoints the worm. Sent by God, it chewed it, it dies. What happens after the shade is gone? A scorching heat is sent, and it affected Jonah. So Jonah gets angry. He's tired. He says, again, take my life. There's got to be another way. What's God telling Jonah basically in verses 9 through 11, that object lesson? He's saying this, you, you don't have a right to be angry. You didn't create the plant. You didn't cause it to grow. Anyways, it's just a vine. God's saying, what about people? What about the people, Jonah? Which is more valuable, plant or people? Right, people. Which is more valuable? People or the things around us that give us comfort and pleasure? Notice that, that God doesn't blast Jonah. As I said, the story's left open. It's kind of left this unresolved, right? It's, it's what you would expect you know, God to just blast Jonah. Like, God, if I'm angry at you, you're going to blast me. He doesn't blast Jonah. He actually asks a question, and the book ends on a question that's left open-ended. It's, it's unresolved. Perhaps Jonah moves onward in his faith journey. Maybe your anger is left unresolved. How will it go? You get to finish the story with your unresolved anger. I love some of the Puritans. James Smith, one of the early 1800s writers, said this. 1800s. Jonah quarreled with his God. And who has not? See, he didn't pretend to be... In the 1800s, they didn't have it all figured out, pretend to be too pious. This is what he says. Jonah quarreled with his God. And who has not? We may not speak as plainly as he did, but we have been in the same sullen temper and manifested the same moral spirit. Very few are well satisfied with the Lord's plans. Fewer still are always pleased with the Lord's works. How many quarrel with His sovereignty? What hard things have been spoken against it? How many complain of His providence and think it unwise, unkind, and almost unjust? Beloved, we are often angry with God. This temper shows itself in fretfulness, in complaining, in sullen gloom. Warning, you may be angry at God. It may have gone undiagnosed. The Lord may be saying, pray and, and, and seek and, and peel back and get to the root. 
that's there. I, I think for those of us who, who trust and believe in the sovereignty of God and the providence of God, I think we're, we can even be more prone to this because we do know that He's sovereign in all situations. And ultimately, we are like Jonah and saying, God, you, whatever. And I don't like the way that's gone. And I did this. and right? We can't really ever say that either, Lord. I fill in the blank. And God, you... In the, and I, I think this blank should look this way because I did, did this, right? It's tied to justice issues. Maybe that's where we go next Sunday. I'm, I'm leaning towards it, but if God changes it, then we'll, we'll go elsewhere. Well, what do we do with our angry feeling? Maybe we ask this question if we're so bold to admit it and to say, yes, Lord, I see that sin. I see this in my soul. What, what do I do with that angry feeling? The truth is this, right? You can either say it or stuff it down. You can either say it to God and express it, or you can stuff it down, and you will have the, the bitterness, the crockpot anger, right? Lee Strobel warns this. But when you bury anger, you bury it alive. Right? He says, when you bury anger, oh, be careful, warning, warning. You bury that anger, you're going to bury it alive. It's going to continue to do something, so it's best to say it. It's best just to confess it to God and say, Yes, God, I really do. I, I, Lord, I really do feel like you've made a mistake. And I, mean, I really am mad about this. And I need to move past it. And I'm telling you, just getting it off your chest will help. How many of you know that? Just to talk sometimes to your spouse. Just to get it off your chest with some... Nothing even has to change. Sometimes if I just get it off my chest and I talk about the hurts and I talk about the injustice or I talk about... Oh, get it off your chest with the Lord. Maybe we do these two things with our angry feelings. Number one, express it and confess it. Jonah did in some way. I think we can do it in a, maybe even a healthier way. Express it and then confess it as, even as sin. Lord, I, I don't, it's not justified for me to be angry at you. And I confess it as sin. Lord, there are a lot of sins that I need to confess, right? It's forgivable. Tell it to God. And then number two, trust God to get it right. Trust God to get it right in the world. Trust God that, that, look, He has a plan, even for Nineveh. And I may not understand. I don't know why God allows certain things, right? I don't know why certain things don't equal out. We like the equation in algebra that it gets, right? But with God, God is in control. And it's, it's Lord, I, I don't understand this, but oh, the depth of your wisdom. Oh, you're not, it's beyond me, Lord. You're supreme. And I'm going to trust you to get it right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God's greater good. Can you do that? To trust God's greater good even when you can't see it? I'm paraphrasing R.C. Sproul. When angry, don't ask what's wrong with God. Ask what's wrong with me. Right? Sometimes you're angry. Jonah's angry. God, what's wrong with you? Well, he knows. God, I knew you were these five great. Right? Don't ask. When angry, don't ask what's wrong with God. Ask, why am I? What's wrong with me, God? Well, I'm, maybe I'm desiring certain things in myself. Maybe there's some good things that have been warped and become sinful things because my sin far doesn't know how to handle it or express it. Are you with me? Maybe. Don't blame God. If you're looking for someone to blame, blame sin. If you're looking for someone to blame, blame the evil one. Blame, blame the enemy because he's at work too. right? God, I'm not going to blame you, but I'm going to blame this fallen world. I'm going to blame that, that we live in brokenness. And I'm going to blame the enemy because he is evil. He wants to come and steal and kill and destroy. And, and he does want to mess up a whole lot of things. And so I'm going to get angry at sin. I'm going to get angry at the evil and let it drive me to God who is loving and who is sovereign. 
If you want to be angry, get angry as a, at a fallen world because there's no such thing as a fallen God. What's the opposite of anger? What's the opposite of anger at God? Maybe it's peace with God, peace in our soul. Maybe it's submission to God, com compassion for others. M maybe four things here I thought of. Number one, right, seek His peace. Seek His peace. Do you have peace with God today? That peace comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come through a relationship with Jesus as Lord and Savior. The peace of knowing that you've repented from your sins and put faith alone in Christ alone. Peace comes first from the gospel. So seek that gospel peace today. We invite you to be saved today. Peace comes from the gospel. So, so seek God's peace and the, and the gospel peace first. But then secondly, peace comes from total reliance in our daily walk. Where every day I'm totally relying on God. That gives me peace. Lord, today I'm going to trust in You. Totally rely on You. Anger comes when peace is absent, doesn't it? Anger comes when I'm not in a right relationship. Anger comes when, when I'm not in total reliance on God. I'm the one in control. And God, I couldn't control this. But if I'm, God, I totally rely on You and Your sovereignty. To, that's the way the peace comes. So seek His peace. Number two, submit to God's sovereignty. His plan. Trust that God gets it right. That He will get it right. That this ain't the end. Things aren't over yet. Right? Submit to His sovereignty. Submit to His lordship. Submit to His timing. Right? Anger comes when I don't submit. When we don't submit. His plan. His timing. His way. He will do right. Number three... Get His promises right. right, And get their timing right. Know what He has promised and what He hasn't promised. Sometimes we're angry because we take a promise and claim something that He ain't never claimed or said. Right? We've got the promise all wrong. God said, I didn't promise you that it would be health and wealth and ease. and I didn't promise you that. Get His promises right. Get their timing. I didn't promise you it would be perfect here. Right? Get the timing of the promises right. Right? Know what God has promised, what He has not. Note the timing of the promise. Anger comes when we get His promises wrong. I go, well, you know what? He never did promise me that. What am I doing? I had this, un this wrong expectation, this wrong desire. Justice comes then. <laughs> over, over there. <laughs> not always here. Number four, hard to stay angry, even at others and even at God, when we're actively having compassion on others. He said they don't know their right hand from their left. These people, you should care more about the people of Nineveh than that plant in your own you know, air conditioning system, right? It's hard to remain angry when you're practicing sympathy for others, sympathy for the world and compassion for the lost. Man, one of the best ways, what do we do with our angry feelings is just finding God's grace. Can you find God's grace today? We've got a lot of people in our society that, that they need this. To find God's grace when they really come and say, Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm angry at you, at what you've allowed or at what I think you've done. I'm angry at God. I'm mad at God. I've had a strong displeasure. Ultimately, they need to do this. Find God's grace because anger at God can be forgiven. It can. It can be forgiven. That's how big God is. Amen? That's how big the gospel is. That anger, even at God, can be forgiven. The gospel says, Yes, Yes, come to me, right? 
I'll forgive that. I'm big enough. I'm big. I know it already. I know your soul better than you do. Right? And the gospel is provision. The blood of Christ covers all the sins, washes it all away. God is so patiently gracious, isn't he? With Nineveh, with Jonah, with even me, patiently gracious. You're angrier at some people than God is with them. We don't show that kind of patient grace to people. Oh, so many anger, angry souls in our society. Angry Christians never going to admit it. That's step one to our healing, to moving forward, is to deal with this when the cares of our hearts and souls are many. His consolations cheer our soul. The aids to our anger as we close. Do you do well today to be angry? Do you do well to remain bitter at that? If you want an aid to your anger today, maybe we just simply put it this way with the two looks. Number one, look to God. Look to God. Get the eyes off of self and Jonah and the eyes off the situation, right? The Nineveh. And, and look to God. Look to God. It will aid your anger. He is all-knowing. Created us in our innermost being, right? Knit us together in our mother's womb. Where can I go from your spirit? I can't. Right? He's all-knowing. He is all-wise. He is all-sovereign. Look to Him and His attributes, His characteristics. Look to God, and then look to Jesus. It's hard to stay angry when we look to our Savior. He never did wrong, yet was wronged for our wrongs. Look to Jesus. How can you stay angry? Right? Never did wrong, but was wronged for my wrongs. Oh, that's compassion for That's the gospel. That's the, the sympathy of God loving us and sending Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. Look to the gospel today. As we close, I ask you the questions I asked you last week. Do you hear God speaking to your soul today? What do you hear Him saying? How is He leading you as you evaluate and as you, as you pray? May your soul find peace with God. Let's pray. Loving Father, I pray thanking You that You find us in our bitterness and our anger at You and You conquer that. You conquer us. Lord, thank You. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.